Hello and welcome to the Drunken Spear Tabletop Gaming. Today, we have the fabulous Jared and the fabulous Janessa, along with myself, sitting here discussing some of the things that happened in Season 1, some of the fun things they went through, the sad things they went through. This is an exclusive interview with the players. So, Jared. Yeah. How is you doing today? I is doing good. That's great, man. So, you played as Roderick and you know, you you uh I don't think you got as far with him as you'd like because you had to miss a lot there for a while, but um there was some definite character growth from Roderick from when we first seen him to when uh, he departed unwillingly with uh, the mage Itrix and Cadmus. And oh, what was her name, Cadmus? Rita. 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 Yes. The fabulous Rita. The fabulous Wonderful Rita. Rita. So there was the fabulous Rita, there was Cadmus. There was Roderick and Itrix. Those were the four, correct? Major Vorden. And Vorden. Yes, I forgot about Vorden. The the illustrious Major Vorden. Right? So, what'd you guys think? I mean, the way it ended. It was uh, horrible. Yeah, it was. Oh, come on. From my standpoint... Um, it definitely yeah, ended Cadmus that way. isn't very happy with you right now. Oh, you can be not. Hey, that wasn't my fault. He reached out and grabbed me. Listen, I knew yeah, that he's, Ruick, no, I he's knew, still mad at Itrix. I knew that uh, uh, Ruick would eventually abandon Roderick in some way, shape, or form. I mean, my character has a negative one on wisdom and intelligence saves, yeah, so it wouldn't have taken <laughs> any long to ditch me, but um, I just wanted to, to move the story in the direction that it honestly I felt that it honestly needed to go in. Um, Ruick spent that entire session trying to get Cadmus, one of the things in Cadmus's life, to, to help him. Let's stop and think about how many times that, that Ruick honestly got Cadmus in trouble over yeah. different things. And, and half the time, you did it to yourself. But at the same time, it's Ruick's fault. I don't know about half the time I did it to myself, but okay. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Janessa on that. I really don't think that she did it half the time to herself. Um Every time she stood on a bird. <laughs> it, it was, it, well, oh. that was only twice. And they were Memorian soldiers, and yeah. she played it. She did play it well. Uh, there, was no, uh, uh, there was no metagaming. She, she, she played it. Um, and that brings me to another point that I'd like to make. Uh, sometimes, sometimes, not all the times, metagaming is essential from a... I like to see it from maybe one head player. Uh, When he sees that something's kind of going out of hand, he then metagames to know what his objective should be to forward progress the story. So, to be honest, I really feel like it's kind of essential in that way. However, somebody who's like... You know, they maybe you stole something off of them, and you know your character would never know it, but the player does, and they bring that into the game. Right. So that's the the, the way you you uh, meta game there kind of made sense, and I don't even wouldn't even call it meta gaming. It, it just it, it made sense. Ru- uh, Cadmus would have not followed Ruick off of the road because there was no threat once he was told that 
it was Memorial Soldiers. Still yeah. one of my favorite he was scenes. In the same <laughs> army with them, so he's like, "Well, why are we running from them? I don't understand." Yeah, it didn't make sense. So, you know, and then all that he really made a redemption towards you in the end. Like he he redeemed himself. It felt yeah. like it was almost. Yeah. And for those of you listening, none of this is scripted. This is all role play. Right off the top of your head, uh, it, these are it's it's basically improv is what it is. And so when you get those good storylines that happen here, it, it these these players actually act that out. That's coming from their thoughts, as you can tell. By the uh, long with, pauses occasionally, yeah, the long pauses and stuff. So also we have a DM that allows us to go a little off script when it comes to certain things to make things happen. For example, the battle between the north and the south. Yeah. Um, that battle felt like the single most unwinnable (coughs) thing we've (laughs) ever had the opportunity to face. Um, I honestly thought we were all going to end up dead at some point. Um, Ruick did for a little while. Um, Absolutely. Cabinus and Vorden got surrounded but were spared. Um, And uh, uh, Roderick, my character, ended up on the outskirts and... I had two options was to either go down in a blaze of glory or go down in other ways and took my character down a path that I honestly was not expecting to take at the time yeah. at all. Um, and it was fun to, to change up the character. But again, like you've said before, um, sometimes you really got to think about things um, and whatnot um, to decide where your character is going uh, moving forward. Yeah. Um, Janessa, I absolutely, um, just so people understand this, again, like he says, it's not scripted, and there are so many times, if you hear any of us make a comment like, I couldn't have played that better, or that rolled that natural one, you know, the natural 20 there, that was great, or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, there was the last time that we went through and selected the horses, and you picked the one horse I had already predetermined was going to be Trixie. I did not cheat Ooh. you on that at all it was the red beautiful sunfiery horse and you're like oh i'm gonna take that one because trixie's usually white or brown or black yeah, or that's something how you like describe that her before, so i was like okay <clears> like, that one's trixie i'm gonna take this other one and nope. uh i am telling you <laughs> i wish people could see the reaction on our faces sometimes when that happens because we get the exasperated angry look yeah <laughs> in my like, direction gosh, like like seriously it. and and it's one of those things where i I literally steered you on purpose to pick that horse so I could do that. But yeah, like, okay, you had really an opportunity. Horse. You had an opportunity to pick a different horse and you still picked the one that I had <laughs> well, spent two days trying to describe. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome, though. I like that. Well, uh, I love, the, uh, honestly, with Janessa and Cadmus, I love the most about that character is there's some consist. There's a lot of consistency mm, there. Very with consistent. The character. Yeah. The whole being very trustworthy of Ruick to the point of being suspicious of him when he's not being honest with you mm-hmm. to the point where it's all pushed to the side away at the end anyway, because there was that quote unquote brotherhood that happened. Yeah. And in the last you know episode where you guys had like, I don't know, that was like a 40 minute exchange. Oh yeah. That was mm-hmm. <clears throat> definitely, um, I didn't even think about how long these characters could have known each other, but you, you're right. It's over a decade yeah. that they'd known each other, and all the different misadventures and just the the some of the things that you know happened. You know, um, yeah. I loved how um, Cam was like, "Well, you know, plans with Ruick. The one thing you plan on is that the plan never works." And it's like, <laughs> okay, that didn't make any sense, but it was great because honestly, that's exactly how how it worked. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, if Ruick got out of something without 
I mean, unless he did it himself, it had to be Cadmus or Roderick or someone else that was actually present that, yeah. that got in there, even though the character of Ruick wouldn't accept that idea until close to the end. Yeah. So. I mean, that's the thing of, like, Cadmus and Ruick. They'd been through so much together, and while Ruick did do all these things, Cadmus never actually seen him do it. So he couldn't justify that he actually did, did it. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, there's suspicion of it, but until I see or know that he's actually the one doing it, he's still my friend. Mm-hmm. Right. And the exchange on the road where you refused to get off was just <coughs> pure gold. Like, I'd, I, I'm surprised people can't hear me laughing in the background um, from what was going on because I looked over at Cam Ruick and I'm like, you are totally screwed. Like, this is <laughs> not going to go in your favor and it's going to go bad. And it did. Yeah. And it was proceed hilarious. as planned. Oh, Acceptable progress. Whoops. Tactical units assist. Prepare for Republic counterattack. And my mom always wonders why she can't get a hold of me. It's because I have to put my phone on silent <laughs> all the time. And with this uh, Samsung, man, uh, half the time I don't even know it's ringing, so I don't get a lot of my stuff. Uh, vibrate, my friend. Vibrate. Um, vibrations are good. Yeah. They, they, they make wonderful things for your phone, wonderful <laughs> toys, and cats. <laughs> right? Cats vibrate. <clears throat> you pet them, right? They purr. So yeah, I don't know if any of my cats have ever vibrated while I've petted them. Really, you never yeah. had them go. <sighs> I can't even do it. <sighs> I mean, they purr, but they don't like. They don't vibrate. No, you never had a skinny cat then. <laughs> I was gonna say, you never had a skinny <laughs> my cat. My cat's pretty fluffy. Yeah. 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 Maybe I just don't pet them right. They don't get them <laughs> off right. <laughs> right. You need Absolutely. to. You need to sit with Zazzles. Our cat for a little bit. He purrs and you know he's about nine pounds. And no, this is no porn lingo here, folks. No, <laughs> talking about cats. Actually, talking about titties. You know my chicken. I'm telling you what, that dude's a cock. Wow. <laughs> Actually, I thought he was going to say something about choking it, but you know whatever. That'd be something though. You have a pet rooster. Hey, you want to see my cock? Right. Here you go. There you go. Hand him a chicken. <laughs> Oh, and shit. now we went down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Right? Now we're um, into and it. And now we need to get back out of it because we get to go back. <coughs> so things that we, um, something Janessa and I would like to talk about um, to well, you, our, our illustrious DM, um, yeah. is illustrious. Um, some things that um, our listeners wouldn't know because we have some history. Okay. Illustrious. Ooh. Yes. Illustrious. So when we first started, um, for our listeners out there, uh, Janessa played a character named Sinshay. I played a uh, cleric named Melchizedek. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Melchizedek what? Melchizedek. <laughs> Mel. We called him Mel or Melly for sure. Um, oh, look it up in the Bible, guys. Right. A real priest name. It was actually, actually pretty Absolutely. awesome. I loved it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, that's pretty interesting, too. I actually seen that the other day about Melchizedek and how it was uh, uh, biblical. I thought that was really cool. He so. was the first uh, priest king, yeah. they call him. Um, he was very uh, likened to uh, almost like a idea like uh, before Jesus's time like he was one of the most righteous and yeah amazing kings and he actually anointed Abraham and all that so um, but the, the the really cool thing about playing with you when we were first learning and first getting together as a group and learning all the different things that happen um, with our characters and whatnot um, was the idea that we helped build memorias 
yeah, standard. Essentially. We helped you build that. Of course, you you had stuff like General Gals um, has been around forever. He's usually a pretty noble character. Um, I, what would we call him? Um, chaotic um, good because he will mm-hmm. do whatever it takes for the greater good kind of thing. Yep. And, I think and, he's a lot nicer the first time. Uh, yes, actually a lot nicer. <laughs> the and, circumstances were much far more different between yes. because that would have been – uh, you two and if my dad and uh, you know we had uh, another guy another that, that, that played with us a lot who was really good like like he was a oh man uh, he, he was he, he was, was very battle ready he yeah. was able oh, to do yeah. a lot of good battle stuff well, he, he and uh, similar oh yeah <laughs> right yeah but the best part was my cleric <clears throat> knocking your assassin out in a yeah. sparring match, which shouldn't have happened. Which, or the time in the Temeridian battle where I was supposed to be used as an example to be killed, and I got two crits in a row and actually killed the guy I shouldn't have had yeah. a chance in a world of killing. And you kind of looked at everybody for five minutes and was like, um, hello, I need to take a break because uh, this wasn't supposed to happen. I'm like, what? I wasn't supposed to win? And he was like, you were like, no. You are supposed to die. And I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. You know, this is, this is fantastic. So. Yeah. Um, but um, going back to like the idea of Memoria as a country and whatnot, like um, characters like um, Regal, um, every time Regal comes up, he's doing something shady. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Um, I mean, our, our listeners know how shady Regal was this time around. Uh, but he was actually kind of tame compared to the, the original time. John yeah. Regal that we dealt with. Um, very tame he compared didn't get to him. Redemption either. Well, no, see, the, he kind of got a redemption thing, arc a little before, but this time he didn't. So. He actually did get a redemption arc because yeah, with time, the last way, time, last time. W- with well, last time he got a redemption. No, he didn't. He did got he? killed. He by got killed. Jimmy's he character. was killed and sucked up yeah. by the soul staff. Yeah, but if you remember correctly, um, he would have been killed, but he was working at his redemption because he had already put things in motion to try. Uh, because remember when Joey had the uh, the flashbacks and and all the like the memories of John Regal coming to him. Mm-hmm. Do you he remember even, all that? Well, you actually made it to the point where like he actually could call upon John Regal's strengths as well. Yeah, yeah. As he character. could call upon that, and he could. Uh, and he was super strong. The yeah. more the more he time he spent in that man's body, you know, shape shifted as him, uh, the more things he come to realize about who he really was. And he was really working towards the greater good. He knew he had messed up. Uh, but back uh, with the with the uh, the timeline that we played, because what we played is a different timeline, yeah. which if you hear in the earlier episodes, I talk about Gareth Oswick. Yeah. And and that's um, a shout you, out to the, the, the player, the person that mm-hmm. played him. Uh, he, Actually, he you, was, you even alluded phenomenal. to um, Senshay and Mel a little bit off to the side you said there were people off to the side that you did yeah. we didn't know now that was a hat tip to our our original characters but we would only know that our listeners yeah. obviously wouldn't because right. they haven't actually mel, met mel and senshay so, so mel mel is alive in the world and, and well just like you found out torzak is too the character yeah. that i used to play right. um and Which, that's another thing too torzak made a what we call a cameo right yeah in our last campaign like he was uh he's he's a friend of itrix's and itrix uh may have to you know go and tell him hey they're after you yeah kind of thing so um, that gives you a chance to bring that character back in so basically the torzak thing we need to fit that into the lore in the mel the torzak and mel that city and the way that city was founded that needs to be um that needs to be held on to. And uh, we can work about, on that. Um, 
Yeah, the yes. Palarona City that belongs okay. to Mel. That, play, that needs to be held on to. I play that yeah. Like it exists. I remember that Dagon e- City's name. Even yeah. in this timeline, those two were still able to achieve that. Okay. But, you know. So see, then that works for what you're wanting to do. Because destinies just kind of bind your characters together, even from alternate timelines, you know? Yeah. So does um, Sensei live this time, or does he get killed by? Uh, it, in this timeline, yeah, That's it's safe to say sad. that he might be alive. It's possible, depending okay. upon you know whether he survived that battle or if he was even in it. Who knows? Like, like that's really honestly something that you could create if you wanted to, and that right. gives more NPCs and people with jobs that we can come up with too. Talk to our current DMs. Um, we have. The guy who plays Rurik is our current DM for yep. season two. Season two. We also have uh, our, our our DM we're talking to right now. Hey, I want to bring this guy back maybe as an NPC-ish thing. Um, maybe play yeah. him every once in a while. Um, we can look at things like unleveling him back to one or leveling him up or maybe even looking at that character again and making adjustments because back then you were struggling to make this character work. Um, I can't tell you how often you missed, right? Like you're, I miss like every time. Yeah, you were like the world's worst assassin. Like I know. it was sad. You were beaten by a cleric who should have had no chance yeah. in hell well, to see, beat you. So That's something I find ironic. With the last session, we had Senshi after Mel mm-hmm. and a bounty. Right. And this c- session, we had... Ruick after, after McCord. McCord. Yeah. McCord. Yeah. It's like, huh. McCord, rest in peace. Ruick, rest in peace. That's uh, two characters that are going to have to go on our death wall. Um, um, maybe with Ruick, because remember, we had that discussion about the soul Right. And how so it that's. Takes, which we already did. A that's something bit. fun to. You, you realize yeah. that how much different the world is going to possibly be now because. Um, with the failed assassination attempt on Kane, I mean, he he went in there and he, oh man, it's it's crazy to think that uh, how much different everything's going to be because Ruit can't come back. That soul, his body's gone unless there's a ritual in D and D that they can perform that you as players can uh, perform. There's just he's he's done. So you can release his soul and give him eternal peace. And then, you know, I think in D&D there's some reincarnation things that they do as you can come back into another body yeah. or, or some stuff well, like Torzak that. Well, Torzak was working on that last one of Senshin. <coughs> yeah, trying to bring him back. his actual body, too. Yeah. Oh, just, you guys, but, don't go too far into that because guess what? Kane's a vile, horrible, terrible, yeah. uh, uh, oh, evil villain. Um, very and he's getting... He's, he's getting, getting worse. He's getting worse. Like, Regal, you guys, so that's another big thing that you guys didn't realize how much you've impacted the uh, the world um, because the suspicion of John Regal made it shift into Kane. And Kane's character development isn't like Regal's. He's not going to feel remorse. He is going to get more powerful, and he is going to be Just- nearly impossible to beat. Just admit that Especially when, now. Just admit that when our characters eventually show down with Kane, that he does this stupid little thing where he transforms into Ruick and talks about how, how much he misses them and loves them or whatever. Or oh, totally crazy. possible. That's something... totally possible with that staff, which yeah. oh, we can yeah. get back on. The, the, the soul staff, right? Think yeah. of it like Mortal like Kombat. Every, every time yeah. that... yeah, Your like, soul is mine. Well, that, that soul staff... Uh, again, listeners would not know this because it was part of one of our original arts. Still the same staff. The only thing that changed uh, with this staff now is the you. fact that you can only use it once every five turns. So that eliminates them being able to hit it with you every time because it's OP. Right. Because the soul staff, if you roll 
a one through ten, it's it doesn't take out the soul. You you just get a one d six damage. And if you get an eleven through twenty, the soul is automatically gone, and it is an insta kill. And it is an insta kill with no revive because the body is turned to like dust turned to basically yeah, dust. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing left to revive. Um, that's that's how the soul staff works. The souls then suck through the orb and are in there, basically floating around like Mortal Kombat. And another addition that didn't happen last time is is basically what we're going to take with this soul staff. And feel free, listeners, incorporate this into your game because I feel like the soul staff is awesome. And yeah. so let's say, you know, I've got Ruik in there and I'm going to tap, tap and a magic... And all of a sudden, I am going to turn into Ruik, and I will have his stats. I will have his hit points. I will have it all. And then, once you kick me out of that form, I then get kicked back to my normal form, and I still have all my hit points I had before. And he can do that once every 10 turns. So you really have to pay attention to the turns. Once every 10 turns, he can do that. So if he get, does that on the first turn, Okay, and now that's 10 turns from the time that this that he loses form. Right. Okay, and if he can survive 10 turns, he can transform into another character at full health with your previous health stats. So let's say Cam was, what, 85? Uh, he has his original 150 hit points, and then he transforms into Ruik, looking exactly like him. And having his exact abilities with that basically plus hit points. And then when you kick him down to zero, much like a druid when they're in beast form, uh, he transforms back. That's how the soul staff works. So literally, I think that letting him go and not traveling with the party or with Ruik to defeat Kane, that's the time when he was beatable. Now... You guys are all gonna have to be level twenty to beat him. I, I don't I just I think it's gonna be hard. I'm excited. I'm excited to see, but I think it's gonna be almost impossible to beat him. Because Rook got him down to about half health, didn't he? Eighty. He got 80. down to eighty. And if his first shots would have hit, you could have definitely said forty. And if Roderick was there, it would have been a game over for him. He'd have died. Defensive posture. See, that's another thing, because the teleportation is if the creature's willing. Right? Uh, it depends. Banishment is not for a wizard. Well, no, the one that Itrix has. The one, one that, that Itrix, Itrix has, has, it has to be a willing creature. So, Roderick was willing to go. Roderick was willing to do what Ruick wanted done. So, there's a 50 there's So, that answered your question there. Yeah. No metagame. <laughs> See? But that suspicion <laughs> could linger there. Yeah. So, let's let's talk about some history here because you guys will not get to see it. And our viewers will not get to hear it. So it's basically, um, you know, it'll be some backstory for them hearing this. So while you guys are away in the city, you know, the years go by, depending on how you decide to interfere, or if you just want to live peaceful. Um, the war in Adrenaline is actually going on right now, which is your campaign, Janessa, that yeah. you're going to be DMing for us as mm. soon as we can get you slated in the DM's chair. Um, that's going to be exciting to watch Adrenaline fall into, yeah. essentially, this is all Verzeroth. Verzeroth is the, you can listen about him in the lore. He's in our lore episodes if you check them out. Um, Verzeroth is, this is his master plan. And this is what I have changed 
about Verzeroth. Uh, he will never, and, and even the gods, period. They will never show you their form, okay? The only way that they show you that they that they exist is through thoughts in your head, just, just you know, much in, like in real life. You, you have a, a, a good voice, your voice, and a bad voice. And you are, that's how these gods are going to project onto you. And you're going to have to decipher what you're hearing. And sometimes, sometimes they sound very similar and it's hard to decipher. So that's going to be interesting too. That's how they work. They don't work like your, your Ollie pops up and he looks big and scary. It's not how he manipulates. It's not how... He does that. He, he gets inside the heads of people and makes them feel insane, and that's what he's done with Cain. So Cain is power-hungry. He is evil. And in his mind, he's being worked by Verzeros demons, which are, once again... We talked about the angel or the elves that were like very angelic yeah. from another planet that he traveled to and and basically took their souls and brought them back. And, and they're actually we we talked about tying them into your gods. So like for your elven gods and making your elven gods from that planet that he basically put in place, even though they don't really know that he put them in place. Right. Pizza here. Uh, that's cone. Oh. <laughs> Break time. Break time. No, we cannot. All right. After these messages, we'll be right back. <laughs> Hello, everybody. And we are back here at the Drunken Spear Tabletop Gaming. So. What did you say like that for? I don't know. Um, to be perfectly <laughs> honest, I wish possessed. we could record facial expressions sometime. Because you and I were looking at each other like, what is yeah, he doing? Like, uh... What is he doing? Nobody knows. We don't. Yeah. Uh... Okay. So, we were just talking about... Uh... Go ahead, Jared. What were you um, just talking about? Players. So, um, I have a decently large background in, in things like... Uh, Gaming and uh, uh, all kinds of stuff and living in fantasy realms. And I have a huge creative um, streak in me. Um, but uh, Janessa, who started out as our poor assassin, Senshay, with like little to no knowledge coming in and then ended up. And a, Senshay is from a campaign that we played right. uh, a while ago that her, wasn't recorded. Her first Dragonborn. My very first character. And he was a Dragonborn, too. He was Just, gold. Yes. And, um, but you went from kind of staying in the shadows like your assassin was, um, to being a main focal character for this last campaign. Honestly, um, Cadmus, I would have to say that Cadmus and Rurik rolled the roost. Oh yeah. The rest of us kind of played, um, support roles. We were, we were there to, to do, but when you get down to it, the, the bottom line, the main playing came down to Cadmus and Rurik. Um, not just your guys' final act where Cadmus is torn between going and living with Rita or wanting to help Ruick, um, which I knew you were very seriously leaning on going to help Ruick. Yeah. Um, that's why I, I interrupted as Roderick. But um, <laughs> um, uh, from everything with the, the, the interaction out on the road, like I, I, like, I, I like to make fun of, yeah. to screwing Ruick's plans, 
every at every turn it seems they were like unintentional but unintentionally messing those up but it just it you, um your character um ruick and cadmus really took the i call it steal the scene um when it came to our last campaign so um, what if like roderick that. totally sent himself uh on purpose though because for the mere fact that he knew Cain was unbeatable um, if uh, Roderick hadn't become a fallen, no thanks to you, um, he uh, probably would have nobly went into battle and died um, against Kane. But um, because I decided to go down a rail and you let me, um, um, Roderick's not quite as caring as he used to be. Um, right, so that's plausible. But, you know, if people haven't picked up, um, when Roderick's drunk, he kind of reverts back to his yeah. normal, naive, over-the-top self where when he's not drunk and very sober, he's very dark and mm-hmm. um, um, broody, heart of gold, kind of tough as nails guy. Yeah. I so kind of noticed that. It's like he didn't even acknowledge Major Vorden until he's in, I think, the Drunken Spear, and he's hammered. He looks sober. Is that? No, it can't be Major Vorden. Yeah, that's what I've been trying to tell you this whole time. Right. Much like getting Cadmus's name wrong, um, which, yeah. funny story... Funny story, right? My first camp, my first addition to the campaign, uh, Cam plays another character called Candrus, uh, Candrus Oro, yeah. um, and I kept getting Cadmus's name wrong, and that was not on purpose at first. Like I seriously <laughs> could not remember the name of your character for the life of me. I actually wrote everybody's names down for this campaign because I can't pull that with Elias, but I could with Roderick and eventually made it to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make this a part of his character because it I fits. literally, yes. And it fit, it fit really well for him. And then when he tried it, when I tried it on like Ruick and other characters and they just like totally ignored it. Then I learned their names. It was just the interaction between Cadmus oh, and Roderick. Oh, because he kept trying to correct because, them. Because no, you know, um, everybody else would just ignore the idea where Cadmus tried to correct him. Yeah. Um, which one of the mm. major flaws of my character is I'd rather eat my armor than admit I'm wrong. So um, I'm not wrong. You're a cat- catapult or you're a cat and caddy or whatever <laughs> you are for the day. Um, I'd say the best role-playing moment between us was when you were in the prison and I was trying to get your attention and you wouldn't listen because I wasn't calling you Cadmus. Like, I had to throw rocks (laughs) to get your attention while you were in a um, very depressive state um, because Cadmus was back in that area in Timberidia where he had grown up. So, um, Mm -hmm. But uh, I always have to say props to you for your... um, coming out into the limelight it was really it was really cool uh for me it was cool to set back and and play like a support role and be kind of annoying um i was told so many times that they like roderick but he's annoying and i'm like oh i'm succeeding at every turn yeah (laughs) i think roderick had a lot of main points too but i think when i started doing my own dming sessions i think that helped bring me out of my shell a lot more yeah, because you used to sit there and you didn't say a whole lot of anything. No. Like, it was actually to the point to where when you first DM'd, I personally felt like there was no way you were going to be able to do it. And yeah. when you got up there and started doing it, you were like a completely different person. <coughs> Your uh, DM session was really It was phenomenal. Freaking well, thank you. good. Gives me one of my most favorite storylines I've ever played in, Agreed. actually. 
agreed. That was both of them. Cool. The ones in Michigan that we did, and yeah. the ones um, my test dummies up there. Yeah, the ones in Michigan and the ones down home with everybody. Phenomenal. Yeah, actually, we were talking about that, Janessa, um, with Rocky from Rockhound Radio. Which, if you guys get the opportunity, he's on Spotify too. Check him out, Rockhound Radio. Um, but yeah, you, we were even talking about him, and uh, me and him were talking with Cam, and uh, we all were impressed. Everybody, I think you give some of the fondest moments in your DMing that campaign. Oh, well, I'm flattered. It really makes me feel good. Which yep. means our listeners are in for a real treat when you're behind the board. Yeah, we're excited to get you there. Yeah, hopefully I can keep up to that. Cause oh, I'm sure know. you'll be able to tell yeah. a mean story. All from your cell phone, too. You had no other material. No, mm-hmm. I did most of my planning when I was at work. Cause, I, don't know. I really Just wish we had had a chance. I honestly wish we were recording back when we did the one with Torzak and Val. Oh, that yeah, absolutely. Story. We could try okay. to re- re- recollect that. I honestly thought you guys didn't like it. Cause oh, I loved every bit of it. it Except for the fact that Mel was an idiot and could like, making us... Okay, so... <coughs> your assassin, your original assassin, Sinche, couldn't mm-hmm. hit the broadside of a barn. And then we go into a blasted forest where we have to use wisdom saving throws. And the character that had the highest wisdom was my cleric. And how many nat ones did I roll for that? Like the entire forest. Yeah. I literally annoyed the guy next to me so bad that he's like, can I just punch him out? And you were like, no. <laughs> you realize in that timeline that... Uh uh, Mel actually slept with your current uh, woman. Yeah, and they had a kid together. Yeah, and they had a kid. Was yeah. that Rita? Yeah, yeah that, was that was Rita. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was Rita. Oh, oh, yeah. General slept with her too. And yeah, General Gales, but one. General Gales didn't have a baby that I know of. Actually, in the original lore, they did, okay. and that baby one? was a beast. If you remember uh, Fort Aerith, no, this time no. Um, if you remember, uh, Fort Aerith or maybe, I don't know, maybe there is a beast that's running around. You know, I, had, I hadn't really, uh, thought about that. I might throw that in there. Like as soon as she gave birth to him, they pretty much like the, she didn't carry long. And no. then they had like a rapid growth. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. So speaking of our, our careers as D and D players and whatnot, like, um, um, I want to say, and I'm not trying to be toot my own horn, but I probably had the most experience in doing stuff like this. Um, when we first started and when Clark approached me and said he wanted to do this stuff, I was cool with that. But then he was like, I need a healer because nobody wants to do that. I played a healer on yeah, you Warcraft did. You were 100%. Um, and loved it and, and all that. So I definitely loved playing a cleric, but then like, <coughs> um, I went with, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I went with the, uh, but when we were in that forest and you asked if anyone else, wanted to sleep with this character, I was like, oh, yeah, me to the yeah. front because my character There's was a party no animal. No hesitation. Either. And then you and, like, everybody's looking at me. You even said something, Janessa, and, and well, our other she player. she Senshay first. Yeah. Right. And then. Then she wanted Gareth, and he yeah. said no, and then it came to me, and I was like, oh, bring me in. And, yeah. like, no I remember hesitation. this was, like, a 15-minute argument that you and uh, you three had with me trying to get you trying not, not to, to get me to do it and i was like oh no I, this is 100 percent in character i'm doing this like and you guys are like no, no you really don't want to do this idea. and i was like this was that was hilarious 
Yeah. Because like eventually you had to give in to the idea <laughs> that I wasn't yeah. going to leave <laughs> until I got laid. Because my character had just gone through hell and back in that forest. Oh, yeah. Completely crazy yeah. and out of his mind. And the first thing he sees when he finally gets the chance to s- actually see what's going on yep. is this beautiful woman in front of him. So, oh, and she was. She was gorgeous. Even far more gorgeous than she is unenchanted. So it, it yeah. yeah. So that's so much fun Didn't to think. Did she die in that session, though? Um, Not in that yes. session, but in that campaign. So, yeah, she did. In that campaign, she yes. did. Yeah. Um, what happened was is Cam... Uh, Cam Cam Moran uh, found her in the water. This was a session that him and I did on our own and nobody else sat in for because he had some stuff to get caught up on. And it's potentially probably one of the best sessions that I've DM'd. Um, The story-wise, Cam was always really, 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 really damn good at roleplay. Like, phenomenal at roleplay. Um, he, he got into it. You remember, you guys remember watching him. He got yeah. real into it and he was real quick. V- improv for him was yeah. spot on. Well, he was one of our, um, uh, how do we want to call it? He kind of helped get us started back into this kind of stuff. Like I hadn't done D and D since I was in like fourth grade. I never could find a group to do D and D with. And I didn't, the rules I found so daunting to the point to where I never even attempted to go to a game store or I never attempted the rules to try it. Known as a guideline or a framework, that's something I assure and you. Like you can't, you're not going to always get it always right. But I, uh, the one of the, the the coolest things I love about our DMs, all of our DMs that we have, um, is that they really do give us as players uh, some chance to to make the storyline a little different. Your own kind and of, our yeah. own. And, and, and that's, that's so, cool. That means that's a lot important. To us, so, if if you have a story you're trying to tell, you have to. You, you 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 can't allow yourself as a DM to take from players. It's their story. They're going to tell it. And a lot of times if you tell someone no, you can't do that. Or it's no, there's no way. And you just keep shooting them down because you have a goal for them. And, and I'm using this for an example. This is strictly an example Uh Season two for us, I was stuck in a cell the whole session. Um, you know, that's that happens. I've done that as a DM before, too. That does happen. I've I've done that to people. And not intentionally. It's just that the story won't progress to the point fast enough that you thought it would. So you're kind of, yeah. you know, you're not wanting to interrupt anything. But um, basically, that stifled so much. It, it stifled the... Um, the possibilities of conversation between Ilias and Vamir, uh, it stifled the conversations that could have been between um, Kai, and Kai and Vamir, and just some more interaction just to kind of see, you know. You you could tell that you weren't meant... There's, it's like when a game puts you in a world and the world's not very big and you keep hitting barriers and you can't get through them. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what that was. So... Yeah, like- but when you get down to it, too, it also plays up to your character. The idea oh, that yeah. he never has anybody, he's usually alone, and the few yeah. people that he did know in life um, died or left him. Right. Um, they even, I and I think our DM actually, at the time, inadvertently played up that role because Hugh Vamir ended up making like a tiny little friendship with that guard who eventually came down and freed you just for that guard to die yeah. <laughs> on the ship later. It'll to, be interesting to, to see Vimir, how that affects him. To leave Vamir more with that was all ingenious, these strangers. technically. 
Yeah, and yeah. I, honestly, I don't even know if he honestly played it that way on purpose. To be he might honest. not have, but, but I picked, then but I was like, have. you know what? He I picked up on it, and I was like, that was kind of masterful when you get down to it because that plays even more into Vimir's biggest fears as a character or whatnot. And now he's stuck on a boat with all these people he doesn't know. Yeah, so that gives now um, in that session the next time we pull up, it's going to give you a lot of freedom, which we are playing. Which we're playing tomorrow, right? Episode two tomorrow at 6 p.m., yeah. And then it should be up by midnight, I would assume, if not Sunday morning. But, yeah, that's that's uh, it, it was a fun experience. But when you, back to the main topic, it, when you block that for a player, they tend to um, get discouraged. I wouldn't say that they're having a bad time because they're not. Uh, however, they do get discouraged and they'll give up and they'll just kind of sit there because everything they're trying just isn't working. And, yeah. you know, and then when you have the story drag out longer than you expected, you can lose that player's interest ultimately. True. I will agree with that. <coughs> and then you've got the also the idea that you've got the poor DM who, um, which we've done this to you, I don't know how many times, where he's got a decent storyline or a really good storyline set up. And then we're like, Oh, by the way, we did this, and yeah. it's completely We're going this way, not that way. In the yeah. opposite direction. And it's you and can like, sit. We can look at you, and you're like, okay, I seriously didn't think about that at all. And it's like, <laughs> we're like, yeah. oh, we did. That's for sure. Yeah. It's like, jokes <laughs> on you. Yeah, that's a big thing too, because y you'll spend time, and I've done it time and time again. You will spend a ton of time trying to write a storyline. And you'll think to yourself, you'll think, hey, they can go left, they can go middle, they can go right, um, obviously, or they can go back. And you think that you have it pegged. This is what they are going to do. And they don't do it. They go the completely opposite direction, or, or they pick something that you hadn't thought of, which is mostly the case, and they throw your plans all to hell. So yeah. that honestly made it for me to where when you're running an open world game, this is an open world game. You can do anything. Is it, you know, you guys know that and you can contest it with, you can do anything, but you know, you just, it's hard to write material. Now you can write quest lines and dump them in. Like, so you can go to this haunted house. Generally that's pretty linear. So you can't, uh, you can't really mess it up. You can't really get off track too much. So, so that works too, but it's important to be free with your players. I think yeah. sometimes you can't be depending on who you have at your table, but I like to be free with everybody and it's not uncommon to have a player kill a player here. It's happened. I think Torzak was the only one to kill someone, wasn't he? Or was there more than that? Well, we know Kane, Kane killed Ruick, but um, no, I mean, Player well, on player. Player on player. Player on player. Yeah. Um, I think Torzak was the only one that killed anybody. Oh, okay. So I guess it's me well, I know, who I know played that, at Torzak. Yeah, it's the only one to kill somebody. And then I know we do kill the people. Well, yeah. and our, listeners don't know, <laughs> yeah. our listeners don't know Vimir has quite the, the sordid history anyway. Like, he did a great job of stealing from literally every party member in one of our campaigns. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. getting them into some form of trouble while getting out of it himself completely without anybody even knowing it was yeah. him. Which actually was really cool how um, Clark played Vimir, which we will be expecting 
similar situations and this season here. Yeah, his as his we demeanor these characters. Yeah, his demeanor is going to change though. His his experiences are far different now mm-hmm. from what they used to be. You know, in the last timeline, uh, Vimir was left uh, by his parents and alone, and Vosh found him and and took him in. And Vosh was in his life, and he kind of leaned on Vosh as a father-type figure. Right. Well, in this line, Vosh has abandoned him. So there's just further more abandonment issues that he faces. So I think that he's either going to be a little bit better, depending upon the circumstances, which right now him helping Ilias, no, it was you and Rocky, right? He helped. uh, He did help. Pull Rango up on yeah. the boat. Yeah, so um, for Kai and purpose. Well, everyone had to help, yeah. the yeah. exception Nobody. of Elias, because he was literally because yeah, Billy out of came range. up and, and picked up everyone pretty much. Mm-hmm. Dovah yeah. Kim picked everyone up. It's kind of like that scene from Milan where they're all trying to hang on yeah. to the horse. Yeah, and, and, and the big guy, guy Chia Chianpo, comes up and grabs everybody and pulls them up, and it's yeah. kind of like that's exactly right? what yeah. I thought. And I was like, so, um, but there's a lot of unanswered questions in that campaign right now that like i know we're all in this lifeboat that's like whatever it's doing to the ground i mean this is an airship we kind of treated this almost like it was a boat on the water but uh this is technically an airship which kai should be like laying in the middle of the floor of the boat crying and sobbing and sucking his thumb because because you know this is definitely not good yeah exactly yeah no kai definitely doesn't like it but what do you say before you go on the airship this would be the one time their ship goes down. Hey, I'm surprised you didn't strap yourself to. to what Speaking you of Mulan, yeah, right. Let's get down to nothing, business. nothing like some Donny Osmond, right? Right. It's a hell of a song. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, one of the things that we talked while we were on break was the idea that. Um, with uh, world building and whatnot that we were talking about the, the quote-unquote maybe crime uh, syndicates that we've got. And clearly there's already one that was um, held by or uh, led by um, Samuel, Magnus. Samuel Magnus who did human trafficking. But he's out of Timor. Humanoid. Yeah. Humanoid trafficking. Humans or human? Like Humanoid. Humanoid. Yeah, they, so, they'll traffic anybody. They'll traffic <laughs> anybody. So um, there's that. And he is out of Timoridia, right? Like, I'm, I'm yeah. sure I understand. Like, he's not in Memoria, but there's obviously something. He's not him. really in Timoridia either. He is. He's just a crime syndicate. He is right? everywhere but nowhere. Uh, he is a big crime syndicate. So you can kill, as experienced by uh, a Ruick, you can think you're killing Samuel L. Magnus, but you'll never actually really be killing him. So- See, we were led to believe he was Timoridian because of what John Regal told Ru- Ruick to yeah. go in there because we, we ended up there. in Timoridia to try and meet with him. So, And that's okay, you know, that he he would have connections like that. Like he's a you know, kind of like a godfather type. Mm-hmm. You know, he's all over the place. Um, but um, I almost would say that Kane. Not necessarily Kane, but and 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 this might put um, one of Billy's characters into a a, dis- a, a, a dissonant spotlight, as it would um, um, your uh, other character that you play, Torzak, where they rounded up the humanoids, yeah, to get the prisoners and whatnot, mm-hmm. and that almost was like a crime thing. There, um, we weren't told who that boss was, if it was Kane himself or other people, but honestly, that's something that we could really play with. 
um, as characters because that could be something of a, of a redemption art for Etrix if we were to pull that way, is that he's going after these people that forced him into pulling all of these humanoids and putting Rita and all these other humans in danger, except yeah. for Frank. We all love Frank. Just so everybody knows, listening, like Frank was totally thought up on the bo- on the on fly. the on yeah. the fly too. A lot of stuff happens on the fly. Just about everything. Yeah, yeah. literally, we have no idea. Um, I I've come in with entire storylines that I have told our DM that I would love to do, and I don't do any of that stuff. So, um, <coughs> literally gets scrapped. So, yeah. um, but uh, Frank definitely was. Um, we all fell in love with that character. Yeah, I uh, like that how NPC. much he matured over the five years. Yes. The first time Cadmus met him, he's like, I'm going to play possum and get away from him. Falls off the horse. And five years later, he's like, yeah, I'm I'm staying here so I can find Rita. He even, yeah. not he even admitted that he had spent the gold and yeah. <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah. Yes. No hiding so. that. It's like, I'm not abandoned anymore. I'm not stupid. Um, we're also trying to help you with your NPCs DM because you have an unhorrible reputation of having D of NPCs that are shady. Um, even your shop masters, we feel like are out to get us. <laughs> the only reason why your shop masters cheat you is because I, I'm not very good with my pricings. I got to get, no, uh, you're not, you're terrible. So, yeah. Everything's like three times more expensive yeah, than like, than if it you look be. it up in the yeah. book and yeah. we're like, um, why is this ax like, like oh. 300 gold when it says in the book that it's only 12 yeah. and you're like, oops, <laughs> inflation. <laughs> That's what it is. It's inflation. Yes, but I mean, we've had so much fun with that because, like, um, not so much you, Janessa, but like, please, sir, can Cam, I have some Cam's more? Had his, yeah. Cam's had no. his experiences with us too, where we don't trust his NPCs as a result, and they end up looking shadier or like they're out to get us more yeah. than they actually do. And where people look at each other, like, Cam's looked at us at times, and he's like, guys, this is just a shopkeeper. Like, he's not out to get your firstborn. And we're, like, treating that shopkeeper that way. That's another DM tip we could throw out there. Don't make all your NPCs shady. Have some with good intent. That's something that I've always fell short of. And and even the ones that you had with good intent, we were like, okay, wait a minute. This person's out to get us. There's a catch. So, um, like, you had that elf that was masquerading as somebody else that was trying to get into our pockets and to get under our beds at one point. Yeah. And all of us were looking at each other like, well, this person's really nice, but we ended up finding out later um, that this person was actually out to try and cheat us. And it's like, God, another NPC out to get us. Yeah. There's a lot of those. So we ended up loving characters like Frank and who was the little dwarf? What was his name? Uh, I kept singing the song dwarf, man. I don't know. He was the captain of the ship. Oh. Oh, in the original? Yeah, and he ended up getting he ended up getting killed by the soul staff. Yeah, you know, I hated him, but I was kind of sad. You hated him. Killed. I loved every second of it. Oh, him. man, what was Because his every name? time he came up, he would sing that song and yeah. we'd have to listen to like a 10-minute song about the heroes of Memoria, which was Oh, yeah. It was a beautifully horrendous song. Yeah, yes, it was. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> what it was, I, I, it was I plan the, on bringing it back as Ilias, just it, so you know. It was the oh. Skyrim song with word changes in it. Yeah. It took me forever to do that. I rehearsed that a hundred times, and I still didn't perform it the oh, way it was I wanted to. I mean, you did well, thanks. Good, but yeah. No, you did exactly what we wanted. Yeah. We wanted yeah. this character to be like horrible at singing it, but like yeah. he knew every word. And, yeah, and he was like big fans of yours yeah. in that campaign. Yeah, it's like every time yeah I remember that. He's like, oh, guys, you're back. And it's like, oh, no. And then you all killed him. It was kind of like when we'd see Roderick, and he'd come up to us, and we'd just keep talking. It's like... He's just, he's here. 
Yeah. You can't escape them, but I love the, the you know Cam. I was like, I'm following you, but it, clearly you can see I can fo- I'm following you. And then like later on, he's like, I don't know what your friend over here is doing. The one that's like, and like I wanted <laughs> to di- I wanted to sneak. say something that like I tripped into a box and put my foot through a, through a wooden crate and like I step out of the thing shaking the crate off my foot, going <laughs> you know stupid stuff like that. But yeah. Like, he, he the literally more jumped in description there with the it. best. Right. So I was just like, I mean, I wasn't intending to actually be sneaky. I just you know. But weren't you running behind him in your loincloth and boots? Um, I was going to, but then I realized that it didn't um, do anything to my stealth. I was always oh, okay. rolling at a disadvantage, so I went ahead and redone the armor because. Um, I mean, that would be kind of funny, looking <laughs> behind you and just seeing. A yeah, <laughs> seeing this guy in his loin and a loincloth, like, ah, shaking, shaking crates off of his ya. feet and everything else. Um, but uh, yeah, um, so definitely, um, I'm not gonna lie. I've had moments where I text Janessa or I text Cam or I text somebody else. And I said, "Here we yeah. go. Here's another shady NPC on his way in." Or, <laughs> "Oh, here we go again. It's John Regal." Or, yeah. "Oh God, it's the Soul Staff. Here we go." Hey, I think that's where we left off and forgot to pick back up on was John Regal. I'm almost positive he's like your single so. most, and he's probably your single he, most known NPC so of all the campaigns it, we've if, done. If you know, well, yeah, that too, but. You're supposed to have a villain that you can relate to. I, I, that you've got those villains, but then you also need your villains that just you hate them. Yeah, you absolutely hate them. If you don't hate um, that villain, you didn't do a good job. It's yeah. kind of like in Harry Potter, everybody hates Dolores Umbridge. Yeah, oh more, yeah, more than they more did Voldemort. Yes, yeah, absolutely, because she's more relatable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what can you say? Yeah, and Regal was pretty relatable. Relatable too. At one point, he thinks he's doing the right thing, and he's not. Yeah, then he decides he's just going to go forward with what's not, and then he's trying for redemption later. Yeah, he was a man that just really wanted to be king, and he made a bad deal with a bad individual. Yeah, that's kind of how that bad. was meant to be. And you know, obviously, when one falls, another uh, picks up its worse. place, and it's always worse. I mean, ask yourself if you could go back to World War II and kill Adolf Hitler before he could do what he did, uh, would you? And my answer would be probably not, because if anyone smarter got into that position, the world would be a different place. I mean, in that, in, in some situations, it wouldn't even be that country. Our country could have ended up being that way. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. uh, the United States could have been that way or another country. So the importance part is to learn from our history and to grow as a species and and begin to do things for ourselves as a species um more or less to help each other as opposed to feeling like we have to be superior to the guy next to us right absolutely um but uh that's how they divide people society divides people into tiers you have your uh what is it your high class middle class and low class like a cat like a case system or a caste system it's always Um, been that way but rolling back in we have Two big syndicates. Now it's by income, though. <laughs> May always been. But, but uh, rolling back into your syndicates, we have one that's kind of an almost an unspoken syndicate where Kane may or may not be in charge. There's, there's a lot to play with there. He's um, not in charge of it, but I've played with... Um, so there's a drug syndicate um, who does the drugs, and there is a basic crime syndicate. You know, they just they're in charge of disarray and criminal activities. And then there's guilds, which is something else we need to work on too is guilds. I think we're going to have that nailed in session this next session 
Like we've got everyone's almost in a different. Go. Well, that's with uh, Cam's world. This is with my world. But yeah, but we can learn, we can learn a lot for yeah. your world to bring certain guilds that. Yeah, I want I talked to him about doing that, and I really want to do that. I want to uh, pull his guilds into our world. Obviously, there'll be a different leader because it's a different world. Yeah. But you know, they're associated in deep roots. They're associated, and not every guild has to act the same. Like, um, for example, the airship guild. Uh, strives to get people from one place to another or whatnot and, and entertain along the way, which is why a character like Ilias would so, be in there. But yeah. maybe your version of an airship guild does more than that. They get information well, from people and their spies. The and airship and guild is now established in um, uh, Memora. Memora is where the airship guild is. Kane's got that right under his right hand. Um, that, right? Yeah, he's got his hands in the pockets of the airship. Yeah, for sure. Or the pot. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely controlling them, um, in their expansion. So for my bard character, am I allowed to put my hand in your pocket as a I, result of that? I don't care. Okay. You mean in game, right? Either or. Oh, we'll take it. In depends game. on the. It depends on the pocket <laughs> I'm putting, it, putting my hand in. Honestly. Oh no. You could be wearing carpenter pants. Nobody knows. Right. I am. Now he's looking at my pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I don't know, they look pretty normal to me. But. Yeah, they're straight-legged. But, anyway. Uh, anyway. So, yeah, you've got the uh, the Airships Guild, which is in control of Kane. He's got his hands in the pockets. And um, you have the Crime Syndicate, uh, which is going to be... I haven't quite decided yet where that one's going to be. Not 100% sure. Um but I always wanted the drug trade to be coming out of Timuridia. Speaking of histories and our little world building, building, I literally cannot stand that country. Timuridia? Yes. Yeah. I cannot stand them, even though I play typically human characters, all human. Melchizedek was human. Mm-hmm. Um, Elias is half human. He's he's a satyr. And Roger of course, appears Roderick appears human being an Azimer, but he believes he's a human, which is hilarious because yeah. it could get him into more trouble yeah. than is necessary. But <clears throat> the point of the matter is, is that like Timuridia, which they stay true to their nature in any story that we have, they play that kind of empire-ish, we're going to take you over and we're only for um, humans typically. Uh, yeah. I want to say 99% of the time that they don't tolerate any other race. Yeah, And like I have... I mean, as a player, I have nightmares about Timuridia and how, like, terrible their place must honestly be. But, like, they must not ever have a sun shining overhead or always have cloud cover to be so vengeful and hateful as a group of people. And, like, their first thing that they ever want to do in every campaign is conquer Memoria. And, you know, poor Memoria at first is this country that lives in a coexistence of peace and harmony. And then every time Timuridia invades... We turn around and we either have an entire civil war that where the humans are in charge, which yeah. happened once, and the non-humans were discriminated against, or in this last one, which was rough, where the humans were dis- seriously discriminated against, and the non-humans were uh, the ones that got away with doing you know, what they wanted to do. Yeah. And I thought it was funny how you played Roderick. Um, he'd walk up and they'd be like, what do you mean? You're not human. And Roderick's like boasting that he's a human. And he goes into towns and he's like, he doesn't understand that humans are being discriminated against because he thinks he's a human. 
Yeah. And he gets told by other people, uh, Cadmus, who tells him that he's not a human. Yeah. He's more than that. Um, and it, at one point, I do believe you call him an Azimer, but mm-hmm. people do tell him that he's more than that because he doesn't realize that <coughs> when he uses the necrotic child or the, yeah. the radiance soul that he's actually doing something like th- that to him. It's just it's a strong emotion. It brings that out in him. And he thinks he's just a regular human that just is really good at what he does as opposed to being an actual, you know, messenger or a, like a, a like a divine being of some sort. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, by the way, in that check post, if you had pushed it, I would have kicked that Leon in, in the teeth, just so <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the big thing is to give uh, options. Options are great. You know, you give your players options. It's, it's a good DM tip to... Uh, Give options and uh, yeah, don't know where I'm going at with that. <laughs> you do give us options, but like as players too, we need to respect the fact that sometimes those options yeah. don't exist, right? Yeah. Sometimes so, they don't. You, if you can think about it logically, you know that's uh, that's key. Thinking about it logically, if if you want to do something stupid, then you know that's definitely something that you shouldn't try. But as our characters too, and it, we would be doing our characters a big disservice if like we said hey, our character is the type that's afraid of heights like Kai is. Mm-hmm. And you're not like literally clinging to every piece of wood and digging your fingers in to the point where they bleed. You know, that's where we play as our characters. It gives you a chance to to be um, that thing. So um, obviously I uh, I really loved playing Roderick. I do like playing Elias a lot. He's a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to have a lot of fun with that character, but honestly, I loved Roderick because I'm not that type of person in real life. You all know that. I'm not up in your face or always interrupting everything and, you know, just like straight up, like, let's go and like be like grab somebody by the hand and just like pull them yeah. unwillingly behind me. Like wrap I had. Wrapping chains around them. I, yeah. Wrapping <laughs> chains around them. Yes, absolutely. I loved. Bondage. Every. Yeah. yeah. I loved every aspect of that character, which. Uh, uh, I'm sad to see him benched for a little while, but it's okay. He'll come back. You'll get back to him. Um, where do you see it going from here for your character, Cadmus? I really don't think Cadmus will be returning. You think you're going to retire him? Yeah. Which is great because I have some character ideas for you that I want to throw at you to help fit into the story to get you tied back in. But then again, what are you going to do if your character has to? Does he have to? I don't know. If the whole world is in shambles and there's no one left to stand, what will he do? Will he run with his poor Rita at hand? He can... He'll breathe fire on everything around him. Yeah. He'll breathe fire (laughs) that one time just a giant ball comes out and annihilates everything. It's been suppressed so long. I don't know. Uh, If he can keep her safe in hidden so she doesn't get hurt by whatever threats there is, then he might pursue helping. But he's lost her too many times. He's kind of scared to leave her again. Right. Um, weighing, weighing in slightly here, um, it's not necessarily that you lost her so many times, but the idea that you literally can't even see what's in front of your face with your terrible perception rolls and insight rolls. And we spent how long of one campaign and you tried, uh, it's, I love our DMS. He was trying so hard to get you to the point where you could get some tips and how many like terrible rolls did you do like right in a row to the point where he's like, dude, 
we got to stop. Like, this is Five? embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was it was sad. It was very sad. What was you rolling for again? Trying to... Trying to get information on humans. Like, oh, every time we went into a yeah. town, she would try to get information on humans. And every time you rolled, it yeah. was like a five or less. Like yeah, it, it was. It was terrible. Bad. And I know that you as our DM wanted to give some information, but you couldn't because <laughs> she couldn't roll yeah. anything higher than an eight, I think, at the time. I'm it was terrible. Sure that, uh, yeah. I only had to roll those because... The DM made you. Someone... Took her, or she disappeared somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I didn't know what to do with her because it was like there were so many different ways that could have went. Because well, you know, the non-humans infiltrated the the city. You rolled on her life, like oh yeah, that is true. And you said to us, uh, her life is based on a dice roll, and you died, rolled, and then you just continued the story. But if you remember, (laughs) though, she did. She was taken in exchange for you by Itrix. By Itrix, yeah. So it was either buy her time and have a larger possibility to survive or, you know, give her no time and she probably might have perished because no, it's an unstated amount of time. Well, it's five months, right? Five years. Five years. Five years. Rita, Rita yeah, brought, so five years Rita that had, she yeah. was in there. So imagine slavery like that, that brutal. Yeah. She would have been dead. So the only way to keep her alive and that made logical sense to me and still have there be like the potential that you could lose her. Um, you know, obviously she would make it to Duncaster and then somebody made a poor judgment call to release you guys. And then to find out that you yeah. were technically the cause of her capture and you know, that would have to have been something your character would have wrestled with. Yeah. We yeah. honestly, we, on, yeah. And honestly, we didn't even address that as much as we could have. Yeah. But I honestly think that, and Janessa, this question is for you. How Boy. do you think you would have responded if Rita had been dead? Like you would have found out. Like we're we're sitting in this cart, right? Yeah. Um, Roderick is pretending to be tied up with the chain. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Itrix is probably in the process of going in to assist Ruick um, at that point, and we are seeing, let's say, guards coming back, and there's nothing, and there's no sign of the idea that Rita could be there and for somehow let's say for some foreseeable experience you find out that rita had died do you think that battle quote unquote that ensued there would have gone a little different or vastly different i would say yeah i mean i feel like if rita was dead cadmus probably really would have tried to kill itrix and then if he could succeed in that then he would then follow ruik and Attempt to kill Cain, but really, uh, it honestly would have had you following Ruick to 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 kill Cain. There's nothing that would have yeah. stopped you at that point, right? Yeah. So, in fact, you would have been probably partially blaming Cain for the idea that all this stuff was going down, yeah. outside of the fact that Itrix was predominantly responsible. Yeah. Cain uh, allowed stuff like that to happen when he shouldn't have. Right. So, but ultimately, Cadmus would have been after revenge or his own death like well she's gone i don't have anything left to live for so i'm going to battle it out and if i die i die honestly and it rolls back to the idea that your character i want to say your character was the main character and all of that with ruick playing a side main character that them doing that i just again i found it so entertaining to be almost a side character for the journey (laughs) as roderick because 
as a side or a support character that's actually like a tank or a meat you shield. You were a tank, yeah. <laughs> well, the, building that way on purpose. The so. initial start to the campaign, no one was intended to be the lead character. Like, but I don't think anyone was the main. <clears throat> ultimately, ultimately, you're going to evolve to that. And Cadmus really did become the focal point of that. Yeah, um, I honestly feel like like I agree with you. Like we didn't intend for yeah. people to become main characters, but like I knew my role and like the story as Roderick as yeah. opposed to everyone else. Um, you know, uh, a lot of the story was driven by Cadmus and Ruick. When you get down to it, so see, and- I don't know if you guys realize too that this is a uh, this story that we've come up with together on the fly is just as epic as anything else, in, in my opinion. And yeah. I, I don't think. You know, I think that you always have a, a point that you want to start from and a point to where you intend on getting to. Mm-hmm. But how you get there is so random, and it just kind of has, like, for me, what we've done, a Game of Thrones-type feel. You know, because there's so many different characters that really could be the main protagonist, yeah. but it really falls... You know, we had Roderick, who kind of fell to a, a support character. Uh, Vorden started out as a really prominent, like, real tough guy. Yeah, but then after prison, he just, like... And after prison, down. he shut down. Well, and then we have to remember, like, we call him Major Vorden, and this is something that maybe our listeners picked up more than we did, even in our own campaign. Um, our DM sold this character to even the guy playing it. I mean, uh, Dalton had no idea that you were going to, like, put him on such a high pedestal at first. Yeah, I mean, I really did. I told him that that's the character that I wanted to play. Like, this character that walks in and just commands the room the second he walks in. I was a little bit... No, I wouldn't say forceful, but I I told Dalton what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't normally do that. I normally let him build, which is what you've seen when he played with McCord. But being that McCord died and he was creating this character... Um, I was fairly firm on what I wanted him to do and what route he wanted to take. And once he took that route, I give it to him and I let him run with it. Um, But McCord started out as the character that I was just like, when Dalton said that he was a test character, I'm like, whoa, test character? I mean, we've been playing. Well, this would technically, yeah, we've been playing for a while. And now you're going to pull out the test character? I was really, 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 really concerned. Yeah. And Dalton's phenomenal. Dalton knows all the rules. Uh, he knows everything. He's very calculated in his decision-making, and he's a phenomenal player. Dalton rolls for everything. Oh, I know, everything. Too. You'll watch like, him over there, and he rolls his dice. Like he said at one point, like, Yep, I'm doing it or no. Right. Yeah. Like he's, 100%. He made them roll to see if they recognized Roderick, who had changed over the years. Mm-hmm. And Cavanus is like, oh, you know, we, we had our conversation, and then I literally ignored <laughs> everything you said. Yeah. After that, on purpose, that's Roderick's yeah. character. And then, of course, right. when you said that was Major Vorden, and Vorden did not say who he was, he rolled a nat 20 for that to know that it was me. And he purposely told me yeah. after the campaign that he purposely shut his mouth because he didn't want to deal with my character. <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious because that sounds like that's a Vorden move. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought that was great. I think our listeners need to know that if as as a player i feel very accomplished when people literally will play a certain way just to get away or go towards another character and as players i do have to apologize a little bit for all of us um our dms try really hard to get us together as a group and when we go into town 
to do stuff, the first thing we do is split up, and yeah, we, we are worse. We are worse than the Scooby Doo gang. And it's I think fairly you, typical. I think you mentioned it last time, Janessa. Like we had no rendezvous point. We had yeah. nothing. Like, so where like, are we supposed to meet again? Like where are we supposed? To, yeah, exactly. Where are we meeting <laughs> again? You know, and then like. For my character, it didn't matter. Like I said, I was going to the to the spear to get drunk and pay for cannon fodder, um, which eventually um, Clark and I are going to play a campaign, just him and I, where cannon and fodder come into play, and they owe Roderick literally everything. That's why he calls them cannon and fodder for that okay. adventure. But um, it's not that he was being mean, mean to them, but like these guys were were terrible people before you all met them. So, but. Um, the, the fun thing is, is like, you you mentioned the point where you were like, where are we all going to meet up? And I was like, you know, we are terrible <laughs> as players saying like, event, like, and then we lay it on our poor DM who has to get us all back together yeah. somehow. Or in books. some cases, I, you know, we yeah. have to play ourselves back in. Yeah. Like yeah. I had to follow Ruick when he was the, the, the dragonborn in order to get Roderick back in there. Otherwise, my character wouldn't have been part of any of that no. that See, happened. And that's the fun part. I mean, that's the fun part of role-playing or whatnot. But, yeah. like, I really think we put a lot on our DM. Like, he's trying yeah, to keep do. us together. He's trying to keep us together. You even try to force us sometimes. It's what makes the story, though. <laughs> right. I and, mean, and it helps. That's like, that's like with Cam. He sent me a message and he said, hey, dude, I really want to work on my story. I really don't feel like Ruick would go with the party at this time, uh, that he would go do his own thing. And me and him had a session on our own, you know, ironing that out. And that's something I want to do with everybody. If you have something that you want to do or somewhere at some point in the story where we have to get together and do a one-on-one solo session, you know, we're going to have to... I mean, have I to know that the, at least for Roderick, that has to be a necessary situation. Yeah, so it's going to happen for you. Uh, we might even do it off-season, so like maybe on a Friday. So this is what I want to do. Um, we're going to start having this episode here as many Fridays as we're available. And it is going to be called the Drunken Spear Tavern Tales. You never know. Tales. You ever, never, ever, never know where we're going or how we'll get there, or what we'll be talking about, how many times we'll get distracted. But this is something that we want to make permanent, the Drunken Spear Tavern Tales, and talk about D&D and all kinds of other crazy stuff. Well, it gives us a chance to um, explore our characters in a way yeah. that we yeah. couldn't in the regular campaign. Um, I mean, for a character like Cadmus, who is now at an end point, basically, and their yeah. story where they could basically drift off and become a side character or an NPC, you could still have moments, like you said, with the Tyrant's yeah. Tale where, you know, Cadmus and Rita are having a, you know, just a normal yeah. day and some kind of crazy adventure That'd be happens fun to, to throw in there, huh? Exactly. Tavern yeah. Tales, you find yourself yep. sitting at home with the lovely Rita as she sits down below you as you're rested on your high chair. You can see her as her eyes look up at you and she smiles. She's rubbing your scaly toes and tickling in between the big toe and the that's that's okay. Yeah, have, you know, how just come that happens? And tickling the toes. Why is that happening? And like staring that, at you, giggling as you. <laughs> yeah, right. That's that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> you don't you don't want no. your toes tickled by Rita. I do. <laughs> this is a private matter. Right. So she yeah. just looks at you and goes, "She's she's dressed. She's not. There's nothing gross." Or and then she looks at you and says, "Will you go down to the market and get some milk?" Can you go down to the market and get some milk? And this turns into like an all day adventure. Yeah. <laughs> you get down there yeah. and the the cow and can't Roderick's be. Roderick's there or something. 
Um, if I happen oh. to be there for that session, it could be anything. Yeah. It could be some NPCs have come and stole the cows. Absolutely. And, you know, well, Robert's and now you got to chase there. them you down. Him with you. Yeah, I didn't take him with me. He willingly yeah, he, left. He's really. literally like you two are like married, and he's like uh, your big bodyguard that's just going to accompany you forever because he made a deal with Third Ruick. Or, or to an extent where like you just go to do something and you run into him, happenstance every single time. Nah, you're like, your, your own town guard. Why in the world is he is he there? And then I just use the excuse that. Hey, check I your back pocket, Roderick. Ooh, my back pocket? Yeah, your back oh, pocket. please tell me you put something there. Not really. But anyway, you pull out a letter, <laughs> and this letter is signed from Ruick. It has a seal on it so you know that it's from him. Actually, it's three <laughs> monster taps, but anyway. <laughs> hey, it works. So once you crack open the seal and you open the said parchment, you can see where it says in large letters, it says, Roderick, you know I am much more fond of you than I ever let on. Uh, yeah. That oh, wink, that's an wink. understatement. Oh. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, you were right. really a pillar which kept me moving forward. <laughs> but and I have to tell you that I feel tremendous guilt about all the atrocities that I've committed against Cadmus. I indeed was the man who caused him to be wrongly imprisoned for treason. I indeed was the man who uh, fled from Major Vorden and caused him all them troubles and almost lost him his life on several occasions. For this, I owe him a life debt. And that life debt could never, ever, ever be paid. So I ask you, Roderick, as the last kindness of your heart, you owe me. And I wish for you to stay with Cadmus for eternity and be his guard and make sure that him and Rita live happily ever after. I want you to take this job as just so serious that you pretend to be the statue in the corner at night when they are sleeping. I uh, want you, you to You don't embrace. have to pretend for that character. <laughs> you can stop right there. No, right? Okay, stop right there. Stop like, right literally, there. Like, I, like I said, like that you just take something like that, and then every time Cadmus turns around and there's trouble, I'm doing, including can- needing to walk the doll. Yeah, P.S. You know? at the bottom of the letter, and it states that, tell my daddy I really love him, and I'm sorry I told, stole that uh, one golden eight copper off mom. Because <laughs> I have no idea who his parents <laughs> are. Oh, shit. When you get down to it. Yeah, you know, that is something. We need to. Oh, it's gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we have to meet his like family, family, right? Like yeah. not just his adventuring family and the yeah. brotherhoods and all that stuff, yeah. but like his so family. family. I believe that be he members. talked about Cadmus and everything to his father, so he would recognize your voice and probably recognize your recognize your name. Excuse me. Voice. Recognize the name and recognize the stories because Ruick had spoken of you. Excuse <laughs> me, sir. Do you have any business here with Cadmus? Of course. I'm Ruick's father. Uh, can I see some identification first? Absolutely. <laughs> You're looking at me like I'm crazy. No, I'm just yeah. playing a little bit here. You know. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> so. Roderick, it's fine. I, I know. It's never fine. It is fine if I say it is. Not always. It is. You've said it's fine before and it never was. I think back to when it was fine. I didn't want healed by you. No, you did not. No, it was fine. The only thing that I feel like you ever have good taste in besides women is horses. <laughs> but did I die? No. Well, no, but, you know, <coughs> but, which is funny because, like, technically none of us knew that Ruick actually di- died. We'll yep. put that in quotes. In really the battle for know. the North the but North versus would the South. You, would you gather that maybe, do you think that he maybe assumed Cain's form knowing, that he, form, knowing that he's a changeling? Or do we have the feeling that he's died. Like, where do you think your character will sit out on that? I guess that depends if we notice any change in Kane's behavior. Yeah. 
Right. Like, is it still Kane, or is there some Ruick similarities? Mixed I just, well, I mean, to I be totally honest with you, you might not even get much reaction with Kane. So, I don't think your character will ever know the fully know the outcome of Ruick's demise unless you ever face Cam. Cam. Kane. Kane. <laughs> well, the the fun thing about Kane and facing him down is, and as our DM, and he could totally take this and 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 literally push us really hardcore. Like I said, he could change into Ruik or something, but he could even make it even worse by changing to get the trust of Ruik's friends. By you're, you're not a stuff. threat to him. I don't mm-hmm. see in any. You would have to figure out. Well, how he wouldn't. To he wouldn't think that way. So one of the, the one of the alternative things was. What happens if Cadmus had gone with Ruick? Let's say, for extensive purposes, Cadmus had decided to go with Ruick, and Roderick decided that it was a better course that they go as a party. Um, so you would have had Roderick, and of course, Vorden would have joined as well because he doesn't like Kane. And then Etrix is like, I feel like I have to go because I owe it to Cadmus for all the crap I put him through, or at least get Rita out of there in some kind of uh, shape or form, and then c- right. come back to join us. And we had joined as a party. Like one of the big things that. Cam had said, Ruick um, had said, was, well, when the guards came in, what would have happened? And I just looked at him and I said, you had Roderick, who is literally the living shield. Okay, so, and you had other party members, and this is something that Roderick and Cadmus and Vorden could have stood up to do, or Vorden and Roderick had done together, so yeah. that Cadmus and Ruick could stay together to take down Kane, especially after, you know, let's say Kane had sw- ran in, to use the soul staff and Roderick blocked it, he couldn't use it for another five turns. That was that would be Cadmus and Ruick's, you know, thing to go in there. And I'm now just playing and, and honestly, DM, you could do alternate versions of our storylines where Cadmus did decide to go. That would be fun to do. I mean, at, yeah. at that point where we go back, and that could Roderick, be Tavern Tales, right? And one of your Tavern Tales were were where. where Roderick interrupts the conversation, and Cadmus says, "Listen, I don't care what you have to say." Or instead of saying that I had such a great speech that came see, out of nowhere, you could say, "You know what? If, I have no idea. I don't care what you say. I'm going because this person has done so much we, for me. I'm sorry, Rita, but <laughs> you need to go." Like seriously, and that changes the entire feel of that storyline. Would we, at that time, given our levels, been able to take Kane down as a group? Would Kane have? Been, I think you would have been. Absolutely, because been, if you're going to kill him, like I said earlier, this is the time to kill him. Would Kane have been yeah. arrogant enough to believe that he was too strong to take us along? Would he have sent the guards away no. again? The guards would have came in. That was the deciding factor on the guards. It, the guards would have came in, and you would have been hit from both sides. So you would have had to have caused a I barrier my between the guards. against my shield, and I said, bring it, bitch. Now, see, that's the thing, because in Tavern Tales, if we get everybody in here for Tavern Tales on a Friday, we might hit that. I might just be like, all right, guys. You're in the Memoris capital, and uh, you uh, you have decided to join Ruik. You've on decided to join decided Ruik to... on your quest. Yeah, on his quest to f- defeat Kane, just yeah. to see what happens, and, and it'll be pre-planned. You know, I'll have the stat sheets ready to rock, and we'll we'll, we'll hit that, or so we'll hit a break, or when we talk. Uh, yeah, I can't remember your recording at the time when I was talking about how, like, when I did the performance for Elias, that I came up with that, like, right there when. Yeah. Yeah, you uh, did. I think we might have been. We, we might have not were been. Were we recording? And, like, I was sweating, and I was nervous, and everything, like, a real performer would be. Like, oh, I was, yeah, you was. Like, I was so relieved that Ruick got me out of there so fast because my biggest fear was that I would somehow play my way into that scene, and I didn't want to. Yeah, we wasn't recording, by the way, when, when we talked about that. Yeah. Okay, so 
when I played Elias and did that scene and for season two for, the, for season two, um, I came up with that while um, Janessa Kai was trying to do like an interaction yeah. with Vimir that 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 failed. I was trying to figure out what was downstairs, right? What was noise. downstairs and it failed. Um, I literally didn't hear any of that because I was in my own little world trying to conduct this performance. But like at the same time, it reminds me of the last season episode where they were going back and forth and talking and I was listening and just kind of standing there like I would have if I was Roderick to the point where I was like, okay, this is taking a little long. We need to get moving because in all reality, these guards could possibly see us or whatever and we yeah. need to make a decision on who's going, who's not and all that. And we ended with Ruit going on his own and I just was like, and I even, I think I even said it in the episode, I expected him to ditch me at some point. Yeah. I and I, I would just have him roll. You yeah. know what I mean? Roll against each other and right. at some point he would end up ditching Roderick at some point you know, through there. I just didn't expect him to do it the way he did. Yeah. And we um I just think it would have been interesting uh, because that fight made me sweat and I wasn't even in it. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I was like I was like and the fact that he came I thought that was a pretty good fight. Well, yeah. the fact that he came even halfway close to killing Kane tells you that with Kane was beatable, right? With the yeah. aid of his friends, he would have more likely have. Yeah, he would have succeeded. Now, here's what would have happened if you succeed. Well, no, we were gonna play that out. We I can play that out. Yeah, it. yeah. Tavern tales. You'll have to tune in and listen oh. to them, and we'll uh, you'll oh. get to hear the outcome of that. But yeah, there's there's outcomes for most of that stuff. Oh, it's hell. already pre-planned. Like there was a pre-plan for that. Um, you know, consequences. Hey, look, the Wizard of Oz. There's, there's a lot hail, of shit that could have went on because... All hail you know, Rurik, the Wicked King yeah. is dead. You know? It, it literally... Yeah. It could have been that, but uh, unlikely. Right. Maybe. Right, right. Well, you never know. Like, we don't know if those guards were under some kind of spell or they literally were just loyal to Kane due to the fact that he was loyal. Like, we don't know that. Right. But you're you're the DM. Well, ha- heck, another die You deal roll. with mercenaries. Mostly. Yeah. There are some soldiers, but... Yeah, mostly mercenaries. I'm not Elias for that story, so... But yeah, the the um, the airship guide got the airship guilds. Uh, they're in Memora. We need to figure out where we are going to put all of the uh, the guilds. We got the airships guild. We've got the bounty hunters guild. We have the um, the Palmeronian guild. Um, this is started by Melchizedek, and this is to gather information on yeah, that work the different families that were affected by. That's exactly what we the, need. Um, False Hydra. False Hydra. I hated that enemy. Yeah, that was a wild enemy. Yeah. So that works, man, because uh, um, something that, that he would, would have done yeah. to try and get information, and because he didn't, it, he gets stir crazy and goes out in the so, world to look himself. So that story will probably take place when you and we'll play it out. But that story would be in the timeline from when Mel would have been at the Citadel studying as a wizard, and. Torzak would have been at the Citadel studying as a wizard. They went over there, and they were renowned at Duncaster uh, for uh, uprooting a false hydra. That would have been when that would have took place. So they would have been fairly young. Torzak more often, more of so than Mel, because once again, Mel couldn't roll a high enough wisdom saving throw for anything, even though I had a yeah. 20 in that wisdom stat. And you literally geared that monster so that Mel would actually be more effective, and actually Torzak took down... 90% of its health. Yeah. <laughs> it had you like, I don't see anything, Torzak. What are you hitting? 
you, yeah. you, you kept yeah, saying I that I would see, help. you would see that, that I would see like visions of stuff, but it would fly away. And then finally towards yeah. the end, I was able to see it and do something. But like I had to roll, I think three times to, yeah. to get there where Torzak roll, rolled at least one nat 20. Yeah. That's something to keep so. in mind too, uh, listeners is that, uh, this game, when I went into it, my imagination was, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. And I had a hard time picturing stuff, but going into playing D&D and coming out, my imagination has improved so much. And I can picture things that I never could before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always had a hard time picturing something unless it was something that I had seen in a TV, TV show or a movie. Yeah. Oh, not to sound arrogant, but not me. <laughs> oh, I figured you come from a different generation, though. Yes. Um, for those of you out there, I'm a 42-year-old dude. I'm the oldest yep. player. Yep, you are the oldest player. I am 33. You might be the second oldest. Yeah, I think I yes, am. Yes, you are. Yep. <laughs> I'm the second oldest. I'm the second uh, senior person here. And how old are you, Janessa? 22. 22. Dalton's younger oh. than you, though, so you're not the youngest. No, I don't Dalton, think Dalton's, Dalton's 25. Is he? No, he's yeah. not. Is yes. he really? Yeah. Yep. Oh, we, you actually, are the him and I talked I'm about the baby. it on break. Yeah, because Billy's 27. <laughs> yep, Billy's 27. Cam's yeah. 30. 23 in June. And Rocky's, yeah. who recently joined us, is what, 29? I think he's going on yeah, 30. He's going on 30. <laughs> yep. So Cam's like 29, going on 30. Cam, I think Cam turned 30 this year. Did he? Cam, we love you, buddy. Yeah, we do. <laughs> hell of a guy, hell of a DM. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, the Dungeon Master Cam. I sincerely hope that you guys, um, that there are listeners out there, feel there is a difference between our D- DMs. And let's see if you guys can pick up on it, on how that works between the two of them. And I love both our DMs. I love the way they do stuff. Um, I love Janessa as a DM. Um, very Please. few people have had a chance to have her as a DM and that was a phenomenally great it was a experience, phenomenal experience especially having an awesome. enemy I've never heard of a false hydra before I, that was the first time I ever heard of it I too so like, I was surprised she literally yeah. made me you blew it out of the water to, yeah I had to really think about what this was because I had no I idea. had no idea yeah so. that's why I didn't think you guys liked it because when it got to when he's in the cave with it you guys just like stopped like what the heck are we fighting how do we fight it Oh, I lost him now. You have no nope, idea. No, you have <laughs> no idea. We were like literally in shock. Like, oh my God, we didn't expect this. Like, uh, picture two party members who go in with confidence, and when they're faced with the beast, they are left speechless for they have not the answer in which to deal with this monstrosity standing before them. It's kind of like watching a room being ripped apart by something. You know, there's an entity there, and you have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Like, you can't see. All you can see is the wall just suddenly caving in. And you have no idea if that was just by accident or a spell or it's all part yeah. of something else or there's some kind of monster down here. You don't know. So you, no you guys kept tripping over it, too, but you couldn't we see it. We tripped over. I, I it flew into its face the one time. Yeah. So um, I just um, – so I talk about I'm the oldest player. I've got a seriously over-the-top creative imagination. and just so awesome. Like, yeah. Uh, except for horror flicks, they just give me nightmares. For I don't like months. horror flicks. Never been but, a fan. Uh, but uh, you know, I was so frustrated. I mean, just beyond frustrated because I kept rolling low, and I mean, I had a plus what seven to my modifier, yeah. and I kept rolling like tens. 
or, or below, we had to roll like an 18 or higher to see this Hydra. Yeah. And I was always under that threshold. And at one point, I think even Clark, you yelled and said, you need to aim in this general direction. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because I rolled high enough that I wasn't affected in the sense that it could control what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But I didn't roll high enough to see or be able to manipulate in any way. So, But Torzak rolled a nat 20 the first time. You didn't make him roll the second time because he had rolled a nat 20. Yeah. Then the second time or third time he rolled, he rolled an 18 nat 18 with whatever it was to your modifier plus one or two or whatever it was because yeah. it yeah. was a wisdom thing not an intel thing and I'm just sitting here and I'm like here we go again it's that black forest all over and again <laughs> this is my best stat and I am rolling the worst rolls and and stuff like that so um, but like I, it's it's so much it was so much fun it was a blast. I, I wish people could go into my brain sometimes to see what I see and, and whatnot. I think people yeah. would be very very excited to see what um, other people are thinking, like it's that would be wild. That'd be a wild superpower. Yeah, that would be just to see somebody's creative side. Wouldn't it? It doesn't seem like it's out of the realm of possibilities, to be honest with you. But you know, you picture this in your head, but actually, then when you're picturing it, being able to see it with the eyes, yeah. that would be wild. Well, everybody sees something Kinda a little bit different it. too. Yeah. yeah, almost projected. I'm, I'm, I'm telling people I'm on this stage on an airship, and when I'm visioning it, I can see the seats at the tavern, and I can see the people in their different spots. Like I knew where the Goliath was, and yeah. and all that, and that, you know, and there was a little balcony, and there's this stage, and to me, you know, I see like the, all this stuff made out of wood and stuff, and maybe somebody else sees a regular stage, you know, they yeah. see something else, or they don't see something that looks like a, an airship stage, but maybe something a little different. Everybody has their own form yeah. of a creative thing, so it's hard to get everyone on that same level. It is that same thing. That's a big show as a DM. But for people to look at you after you're done describing something, whether you're a player or a DM or anyone else, and then them to be able to look at you and say, "This is what I saw," and it's like. 98% accurate to what you were envisioning. That makes you feel good as yeah. a player and as a DM. Oh, That's yeah. like 100% win. Yeah, because you did yeah. 100%. And yeah. you did a phenomenal job with that stage performance that you did with Ilias. I mean, geez, that was descriptive to the point that you could not miss uh, vision that. Mm-hmm. It and phenomenal. it also opened it up enough that if, like, people could vision a, a few extra things that maybe I hadn't said. Yeah. But... Yeah. Um, I also didn't want to take up like everybody's time. Well, I mean, and even though that was a good either. way to take up the time because that was a, you, you would expect a performance to yeah. be a decent amount, at least five mm-hmm. or so minutes, five to 10 minutes. I would say a like performance that. like that would have been about a half an hour to 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, but I tried to make sure that for our listeners sakes, that it was crushed down to like the 10 minutes. Of stuff, yeah. 10 minutes of talking for a display is impressive. <laughs> Very and impressive. Wracking. Yeah, you did a nice job, especially, yeah, you did a nice job. That's for sure. It definitely was a lot of fun to listen to. It was very descriptive, easy to picture. There's just so much cool stuff that happens. Speaking of, of nerve-wracking, is like I'd like to know and pick Janessa's brain. Um, when you and Cam, Ruick, yeah. Cabness, were going back and forth with these, we called the tender moments speech. <laughs> we dubbed it the tender moment um, Which tender were, moment? There uh, the the one right before Ruick masterminds that he's going after Kane, and we all end up leaving him. Um, I can't tell you the number of times I felt like, well, at some point, Roger's going to have to interrupt, but like I couldn't because yeah. I'm like, this is way too good. Like they said, you guys would say something, and I was like, oh god, 
I'm like, I, you might even hear me sniffing a little in the background. Um, <laughs> I almost was crying a little bit in real life because I was like, oh man, this is really touching. <laughs> yeah. I so your really mind, what were you thinking? <clears throat> I thought I was going to lose them. I was like, I have to find a way to keep them. That's why Cadmus did the command. Mm, which I'm surprised <laughs> it didn't work. Well, Cadmus <laughs> rolled good. Oh, no. uh, honestly, Cadmus I do not roll. believe that Cam believed that you would do something that drastic. Yeah. Honestly, Ruick, that was a drastic move. Yeah. Ruick didn't pass the thing. Yeah. He failed. Yes. He failed. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, that is funny. And see, I never caught that. I mean, I did, but I didn't. I wonder if it was just one of those things where he just wanted to... It was one die? of those things that... Well, it's not that he wanted to die. For the story to progress in the in the way that, honestly, it should have gone in, Ruick was supposed to face Kane on his own and either be victorious with a 10% chance or die at a 90% chance. So for Ruick's character to work the way he needed to, Cadmus was supposed to take Rita. But you decided differently, and that made it difficult for him because as the player... He's trying to convince you that all of this was for you so that you could be with Rita. Yeah. And even though you got that point of the story, you I felt... Lost my brother. Yeah, you felt like you owed a, another debt to Ruick, who was like, no, I'm repaying a debt to you. And when you get down to it, when one person feels like they owe a debt or a blood debt or whatever you want to call it, a brother-bound debt um, to something, it gets a little complicated because... Ruick knows that Cadmus has a future with Rita. Ruick himself doesn't necessarily have a future at all. And for Ruick to selfishly say it's okay for you to go with him would have been jeopardizing not only your own future, but Rita's as well, who was See, completely innocent in that situation. Was there really that much compassion in the decision, though? Or was it more of a overconfidence and greed for if I kill this guy, I don't want anyone there because I'm going to morph into his body and take over? We'll never know because he yeah. wasn't successful. Yeah. Right? So right. that is another episode of Tavern I Tales that we'll, we'll have to put on to find it. out when we redo it and yeah. see. I'm only saying my state from where Roderick or even any other player would look at. Like yeah. We're not necessarily sure that Ruick was an unnecess- uh, unworthy character. I mean, this is a guy that was awarded a medal and given an entire town to be a governor over. And, and he was always else. wary of John Regal, but John yeah. Regal was... Um, What's the word they use? Grooming. He was grooming Ruick for uh, a power move. You know, he wanted a right-hand guy, kind of like Kane had uh, Baron Gar Corman. Yeah. Baron Gar Corbin. Yeah. Yeah. Baron Gar Corbin is also one of the ones, I'm not sure if we're going to put him in charge of the uh, uh, drug trade or the criminal organization, but he's in charge of one of them. I feel like criminal would probably fit. But yeah, probably. Criminal. The guy's a jerk. That's all we need to know, right? Yep, he is. Yeah. So we've got to get a guy for the drug trade. Station him different spots along with the guilds. Um, speaking from a player standpoint, it's always fun to play as different characters. Oh, yeah. I, 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 anyone who listens to anything that we're doing and even and, and, and likes what we do, and if you decide to do your own D&D thing, definitely pick. Like, if you're going to play two characters, definitely pick some characters that are different. Um, yeah. You got Roderick, who's clear up in people's faces and, and has a lot of quirks, to Ilias, who's this charismatic, runs at the site of combat where, you know, uh, Roderick's running into combat. You yeah. know, it's 
to me, it's it's fun, and um, you all are more welcome to smack me if I ever get out of character for one of my characters. But I think because <laughs> they're such opposites for the most part that it's easy to control which they do. But um, being something that you're not is a lot of fun. It really is. It is fun. Yeah. It's fun to escape the daily grind and reach into a fantasy world and socialize with people. It's you know you can do this on your computer. We could do it from from home, but. What fun's that? I mean, it's nice to get in here and see each other and talk and, and enjoy each other's company. And yeah. it, it's it's a good time, and it's being social. It's what humans are meant to do. Yeah, see each other's expressions to what yeah, we do. Yeah, it's just fun. Yeah. It's fun. Everybody makes the commute to come out here and play. This wouldn't be anything without both of you. I mean, this is the original group right here. This is the original team. This is the Drunken Spear tabletop gaming team that has been around since 2019. It's been yeah. long, yes. Yep. And, yes, you made us go through our own version of COVID during our campaign. Yep, which hasn't struck in the world of Memoria yet, yeah. or Metheria Please yet. Don't. It's going to. <laughs> Please yeah, don't. You're going to have the, the uh, famine. Oh, hey, by the way. Yeah, since you um, got sick in that. Yeah. He, touched, he tried to help the guy. Roderick uh, is immune to disease. Oh, then you won't be affected. Good. Yeah. God. I always rolled high as Mal, but damn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, really that was a lot of fun. Hey, yeah, lots of fun moments. Let's 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 do a few highlights of some fun moments, whether our listeners know or not. One of my one of my best fun natural one moments, and I'm a person I will accept a natural one, was when we were trying to escape the end. Um, I can't remember the name of the town, but I had the soul staff. Mel had the soul staff, oh. yeah. and we had some other people who had guessed it in. We had a, a gentleman named Paul who was a ranger who shot his bow and he slid down the cord. And we had Cam who just kind of waltzed out the front door. And yep. we had Joey who snuck out. And we had um, you that um, I think I just jumped out the window. You jumped out a window. And and I tried I, to catch you. I'm <laughs> trying to climb out the window and roll a nat one, and you grinned. From ear to ear, our DM, <laughs> because it had been my first nat one in a while. And yeah. uh, you were like, you fall, you hit the ground, you have one health, and you're not completely unconscious, and the soul staff flies out of your hands and lands 40 feet out away towards um, Cam and Joey. Cam and Joey. And yeah. Joey just ran after that staff, like a because that was his character. Yeah, he was a rogue. He wanted that staff since the minute he had seen it and ended up with it as a result of my... Very poor choice. Well, I as a cleric to try and roll, too. and then you didn't catch me because no, you rolled low yeah. for that. So I, not only did I hit the ground and almost die, um, I like fell in between your arms. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like, great. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and and a lot of people. I haven't seen the D and D movie um, that recently came out. You could have if you'd have went with us. Yeah, Damn it! But, um, I feel like um, the D and D movie was a lot like people sitting at a table. You it it your, really was. You had your nat ones. You could you see where they rolled good 20s. and bad. You could yes. see it all. And, it was and, nice. And, and it was I feel a good like show. That's definitely what people need to understand that not everything is going to be uh-uh. serious. Not everything is going to go a certain way for the yeah, DM it's, it's or the not, player. It's not really a book. A book, uh, you know that the person that you're watching or you're following is going to be victorious at just about every turn and be miraculously... Uh, Advanced, whereas you might be macro- miraculously advanced, but there's times where you'll fall flat on your face. Yeah, you know, everyone you won't. messes up. Yep, right. The dice kind of helps that. Yep. I mean, using the season two example of after my initial performance that 
our DM said, I'm not even going to make you roll for that. I was like, oh. and he's like, but you got to do an encore. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> like I was, I seriously thought that like, I have no idea what I'm going to do for an encore. I have no clue. And that's why I said I needed like a 10 minute intermission because I had nothing. I had nothing. I drew an entire blank and I'm like, Oh my God, how am I going to do this? Because it took me forever just to come up with what I did. Yeah. And so during that 10 minute intermission where I was interacting with people out in the crowd and the stage, I'm thinking in my head, and I was like, you know what? When I think it was Billy Dovican said that he would join me on the stage. That's when I decided how I was going to make that second act happen and the encore to happen. And then I decided that I needed a character that was um, bigger and taller than my own character, which I wrangled and Rango after some throws persuasion. between uh, persuasion between, you know, Kai and Rango yeah. and Dovican and Rango and even myself and Rango. Um, finally having to win him over and then um, for Sidrus to jump down which was perfect because he was the smaller character that yeah. I needed um, and then for everyone to roll so high on their performance rolls because when you get down to it the only character that should have a high performance is my bard uh, Elias who then turned around and rolled a nat 20 for his role as the the wind element which again I think I say it way too much that, that couldn't have happened better I'm like I have moments where I'm like man if this fails I'm going to be so upset and then I roll a 19 or an 18 or a 20 plus whatever you know modifier is to that skill and i'm just like oh thank god yeah because i'm like i really wanted that to work or i could have rolled a nat one and be like dude you fall flat on your face right there in front of everybody <laughs> end of story yeah. <laughs> record scratch everything happens <clears throat> and i'm just like shit <laughs> yeah that could have been bad definitely definitely in detail you should have not had to roll again on that one i mean I think the for but our DM obviously. for our DM that made that a very D and D thing, yeah, and it worked out splendid, splendidly in our favor. And which is funny because he made <laughs> poor uh, Dalton roll for I think it was strength or yeah. something, and he yeah. was he was working on trying to do um, acrobatics, which he had actually a better modifier for. Right. So he looked over at me and like shook his head a little and was like, oh, great, this isn't going to go so well. <laughs> because he went with, I think it was athletics, actually. He went with athletics instead of acrobatics. Yeah. And we're like, oh, shoot, because we were gunning for acrobatics checks for him. We were a uh, performance check for Rango and for um, Billy. It would have been a strength, uh, the Dovican. It would have been a strength check because he had to hold my character. So that's the things I was looking for us to have to roll for. And when they didn't have to roll for that stuff, I panicked. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. That's always fun when you get the unexpected roll or the unexpected stat to roll, I should say. That always makes it rough. Like two yeah. minute break. It's like, oh, yep. Man. And we'll go ahead and we'll go on break. And we're back. Hey, Janessa. Hey, Jared. Did you hear about the new tavern down the street? I didn't. Oh, well, then you need to know. At the Drunken Spear, you can go down there and get a drink. Have great parties with great friends and, and play Dungeons and Dragons. Really? What time? Every Saturday at 6 o'clock p.m. at Clark's. It's a shame our internet wasn't better, or we'd do them live stream. I'll be there. <laughs> it's a shame that our weather in Ohio isn't better, or yeah, we could do a live true. stream. <laughs> <laughs> um, but be there. Or be square. Yeah. 
wonder how corny this sounds. Probably very. I sincerely <laughs> hope so. The cornier, the better. Where's the beef, people? Beef. There's a dragon behind you. Uh, what what would they call dragon meat? I don't know. Um, as the folks that uh, made uh, should make uh, a dragon slayer, that. dragon slayer. You know, yeah, you know. Do they call it somewhat inverse. I think they call it dragon meat. Dragon meat. Well, that yeah. sounds plain. Yeah, I mean, like, how did pork pig, porky venison. pig, venison for deer, draco pork, draco pork, <laughs> veal. I guess this is the point where I, I did say I was going to mention that, like. Every time I'm on here, guys and gals, that I at least have one drink because I get really super nervous, so it has to settle yeah. my nerves. Um, otherwise, I'd be a complete an- uh, anxiety wreck. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just what call dragon meat, draconic meat. Draconic meat. I like that. I don't know how Cadmus feels about that. Yeah. Okay, you both are made a dragon. How's that work? Are you the same? Yeah. Same type as a uh, dragon, like the same. Uh, would it, would you taste, taste the same? A human taste? I don't know. We could yeah. ask Rita. Yeah. No, she's tasting a different kind of meat, though. <laughs> well, yeah, but the point of the matter is, you know, well, yeah. <laughs> Tons of fun. Um, <laughs> I sincerely hope that the folks that that tune in and listen to our adventures, um. Have have a lot of fun with us. I, I Me too. I do. Um, this is a lot of fun for us. Yeah. Um, so um, uh, we actually came up with Tavern Tales right in the middle of all of this. Yeah, you we did. Looked, you just looked at us <laughs> and beamed. I was like, you know what? And then We're going to do Tavern name. Tales. I have decreed that all of you must be here at least every other Friday at 6 p.m. for Tavern Tales. My hosts... Janessa and Jared and myself. You know, you're an outcast because you got J, J, this is the J, J, C, Drunken Spear, Tavern Tales. Emphasis on drunken. Emphasis on drunken. Hey, the, the, the fun part yeah. about this whole thing, whether you've actually told your viewers or no, not, that the drunken spear came about because this literally is like a tavern scene. Yep, and it we is. We have a bar and yeah. all that good stuff. So Our own tavern where we play D&D and we have drinks and we have fun and yeah. Yeah. Stare at dragons on the wall and... Well, there's, but the dragons have a story. Yeah, they do. Every one of them's been killed by us. In some way, shape, or yeah. form. Yeah. That's what makes it fun. This is almost a, uh, it's just a cool hangout spot where we can drink, play Dungeons and Dragons, Relax. and enjoy each other's company. So it's like being 10 year old kids with your own clubhouse. Right? Like, minus yeah. the alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's special juice. Special juice. Wait a second. What they? Well, never mind. We won't go back. Remember, I'm I'm older than you guys, so <laughs> I go that? back to I go back to the uh, to the Michael Jackson and the Jesus juice stuff. <laughs> the what? They called it the Jesus juice. Oh, <laughs> but again, let's not go back there. <laughs> it's 2023, and I do li- actually. I do like Michael Jackson. He was a he was a great uh, pop icon and all that. Yeah, regardless of what people decided, they they felt the need to bring against him, but um, no, we uh, 
we have so honestly we have so much fun here um i'm glad uh I, there's sometimes i wish people could see the expressions on our faces yeah, i'd like to do time. cameras in here but uh, it's going to be way down the road but it's okay because the the, the essence of Dungeons and Dragons is what your imagination, right? Yep. Imagination, yeah. as SpongeBob would say. Mount a camera at each end of the mic stands. That's the goal. Oh really? Yeah. Look up. Do I have to? Oh, you mean look yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. Okay, right there. Like, are they going to the be looking up my nose hairs nope, or something? The because other that's end not a good of idea. the mic stand. It'll be aimed at you. <clears throat> Do you st- like up here? Oh, okay. I have to start working out. Yeah. Oh, and the original advertisement for this was like, you know, us uh, stripping down to the raw minimum of what uh, <laughs> it meant to be in a world Underwear built. required. Underwear required, and that was it. <laughs> Let me see. Where's it at? <laughs> our, our advertisements that we have. See how well I can read it. <laughs> Coming to you from the Drunken Spear in our underwear. We are going to strip down the world of D&D to the basics and redress the topic of world building. (laughs) (laughs) Don't miss this raw opportunity to get to know the DM and players that brought Memoria to life. Only this Friday at 6. Be there and see more than you bargained for. (laughs) (laughs) That would be great. Oh, shoot. (coughs) Oh, man. I can say I worked 20 years in retail just so I could write that. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, hell. Oh. Uh, and with that, we will conclude this episode of the Drunken Spear Tavern Tales. Oh, wrong one. There we go. Yeah. There it is. There's the ending. Hey, we should have made it the first one. Nah. <laughs> That's all right. Is you this know, one in the middle, though? I don't know. Probably not. We'll probably stick it on the end. It's supposed to be a commercial, but it wasn't a very good one, was it? It started there, and then we kind of yeah, swirled off. Yeah, we swirled off topic rather fast. <laughs> I'm just uh, going to have whole, like pull off the stuff that went off topic. <laughs> yeah. absolutely. No, you don't pull it off. That's what makes for a fun show, huh? Entertainment. Are, are we not entertaining? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs>